Hey guys, welcome to Salt Company. Um, my name is Roger. Just got the honor to bring the word to you tonight. Man, I don't know if for y'all that song does it, but that song like does it for me. Like it's hype. Like just everything about it. Like I'm trying to like I'm like trying to compose myself as I'm walking up. I was like, deep breath, deep breath. It's just, man, just that image of a Jesus who's standing beside you in your toughest moments. Like when those moments come, it's it's almost also assurance that He's with you. Um, has nothing to do with tonight's sermon, that what I'm talking about, but man, beautiful song. So a, a little about me, if you haven't had a chance to, uh, to know who I am, um, I'm part of the, the team here at Adoxa Church, and so my main role here is I'm helping lead a team that's going to plant a church in Osaka, Japan. And so, yeah, shout out, Osaka, Japan. So if you don't know, Japan, apart from being one of the coolest places in the world, it's actually one of the most unreached places in the whole world. Um, about 95% of people in Japan are going to live and die without ever hearing a gospel. And as kind of me and another group of people that, that have been serving in missions for a few years, for years now heard that, that's something like we just weren't okay with. And we really felt God just this invitation to say like, well, why not you? And so over the last year, uh, me, my wife, uh, my, my daughter, and, and a team of us is just preparing, hopefully to launch out by God's grace at the start of next year. And so I'm here to kind of help cast vision for that, to recruit some of you guys to come alongside of us and, and be part of the mission that, that God is doing there. Um, my other role here is just to kind of sell, sell, help serve here at the Salt Company, and that's what I get to do tonight. And so tonight, I just have a question for you guys. Have, have you ever misunderstood, like, the vibe of an occasion, an occasion or an invitation? Like, have you ever been invited to, like, a party or a wedding, and you're like, yeah, like, what's the vibe? Like, how are people dressed? Like, what are we going to be doing there? I see some, like, nod of the heads. Like, you feel me, right? So very recently, uh, two of my good friends, Q and Kate, got married. Shout out. And so we, we got this invitation, like, eight months ago. You know how people are getting married are. Um, and so we get this invitation. As the, the date ne- gets near, I start looking at the details about it. So one of, the, one of the details is, like, attire, right? And so the invitation says cocktail attire, which means what? Right, like, who knows what that means? No one. Like, what does cocktail attire mean? Right? So it's like three days before I'm about to fly out to, te- to Texas for this wedding. I'm like literally Googling, like, what is cocktail attire? And if you ever have, like, an important question that you need the answer to, Google will give you every possible view. There's no consensus on Google. Right? It's like whatever you want, you can find the answer on there. Right? So I'm like looking through cocktail attire. And it's just giving me everything. And so I essentially just try to, like, pick up all that information. And I'm like, I think this is what cocktail attire means, right? And so to me, cocktail attire was like, oh, like, it's chill. Like, yeah, like, come to the wedding. Like, it's fun. Like, cocktails, you know? So it's like kind of wear, like, kind of dressy pants. But, like, it's cool if you don't, you know? Or, like, you don't have to worry about, like, a coat or, like, a tie. Like, it's, it's cocktail attire. You know, so I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I got it, cocktail tire. So I, like, go to Target. Like, don't judge me, but I'm just like, all right, I need to just close for this wedding, so I'm just going to buy some clothes here. And, like, I find some pants that are kind of dressy and this, like, cool kind of, like, funky Hawaiian shirt. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like, this is totally cocktail tire, right? And so um, I'm like, should I, like, get, like, a second advice on this? And I'm like, maybe, right? So I call Erica, who's my wife. Well, I send her, I take a picture, like that classic, like, dressing room, like, mirror picture. And I'm like, hey, I found this for the wedding. I think it looks super cool. What do you think, you know? And she's like, uh, she's like, it's a cool shirt, you know? But she's like, I don't know if that's, like, wedding enough. 
And I was like, oh, like it's cocktail attire. Like you don't get it. Like, you know, like, like I get it, right? I'm like, no, it's cocktail attire. She's like, I don't know if you know what that means. I'm like, I don't think you know what it means. So I'm like convinced, like Erica's really wise. So I should have just like listened. So I was like strike one at this point. But I'm like, no, 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 like I'm good, right? So like I got this fit, super excited about it. I go home. And I'm talking to my, one of my best friends, Ben, and, he, and I'm like, dude, like, I'm starting to get nervous because Erica had a different thought, and she's usually pretty spot on, but I think this is good. He's like, oh, dude, Q's right here. He's with me. Uh, why don't you ask him? So I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, Q, look, so I'm describing the outfit. You know, I'm like, yeah, so it looks like this. And there's this, like, long pause and just silence. I'm like, Q, you, you there? He's like, yeah, dog, that's not it. <laughs> It's like, that's, that's not cocktail attire. He's like, like, none of it. Like, you got to go back and get like a whole new fit. So I, I came to realize, like, this is what I would have, I realized, like, if, if it wasn't for Q's, like, God intervention in my life, this is what I feel like me and Luella would have shown up to in this wedding. So I think everyone was, like, dressed, like, very nice, and I would have just shown up in this Hawaiian shirt. This is my daughter, Luella. Um, but by God's grace, like, he intervened, and I didn't look like a fool showing up to the wedding like this. And so tonight, we're going to read of a, of a story that Jesus tells in which he helps clear up a question. And the question that Jesus is, wants to clear up is, what are the requirements to be in a relationship with God? What kind of person can have a relationship with God? Right? Because if you, if, you, if you were to ask this question to 50 people you probably would get 50 different answers, right? If, if you ask someone, like, what do you have to do? Like, what are the requirements? Like, what are the things I need to check off? What are the things I can't do to be before God? How do I know God will accept me? Man, the, the, the range of answers you would get would be all over. But y'all, what if, like, God himself has actually told us what kind of person is accepted by him? What if... God himself has kind of laid out what these requirements are. And what if they're actually like quite different than what you may naturally think God approves. And so we're going to be in Matthew 22, verses 1 through 14, and we're continuing on this series of parables. So first off, disclaimer, it's a parable, right? So what that means is parables have both really great things about them but they actually also have challenges that can be kind of confusing or hard to navigate. So a pro about a parable is that it's, it's meant to take like a deep kind of spiritual reality. It's meant to take something that we haven't really seen before. And it wants to put it in familiar terms in, in, in situations or circumstances that we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I kind of understand what, what's, what's trying to be taught here. Right? It's, it's trying to help you understand a deeper spiritual truth. The challenge of a parable it's that it's not the real thing. Like, it's, it's not telling you the exact spiritual reality, right? It's not apples to apples, but it's trying to get you to connect with that. So as, as we read the story tonight, I, I want you to keep that in mind, right? Because we're going to read the story that there's this king, and he has this son, and he's throwing this, like, banquet for his son. And there's these people he's inviting, and, and some of them are saying yes, some of them are saying no. Some of them are, like, really angry and really turn them down. And then there's this, like, guy at the end that essentially, like me, shows up with, like, a Hawaiian shirt to his wedding. They're like, dude, what are you doing here, right? And so as we go into the text today, we're going to really try to draw out what are, these, what are these things that Jesus is trying to, to teach us 
through the story of a wedding banquet. So, you got your Bibles or your phone, hope you're ready. Matthew 22, beginning in verse 1. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servant to summon those invited to the banquet, but they didn't want to come. Again, he sent out other servants and said, no, no, tell those who are invited. See, I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened calf have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no, no attention and went away. One to his own farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged, and he sent out his troops, killed those murderers, and burned down their city. Then he told his servants, the banquet is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Go then to where the roads exit the city and invite everyone you find to the banquet. So those servants went out on the road and gathered everyone they found, both evil and good. The wedding banquet was filled with guests. When the king came in to see the guest, he saw a man there who was not dressed for a wedding. So he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him up hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. And so as we kind of dive into the story today, we're really going to look at, there's three main parts or three main kind of people or situations that's happening, right? The first thing that happens is there's an invitation that goes out. The second thing that happens is we, we hear about these, the invitees, the type, the people who get the invitation. And the last thing we see is, is, is this idea about a certain attire at this wedding. And so in regards to the invitation, um, Keep your Bibles open. We're going to be like turning back to it. I'm going to be mentioning stuff to so just keep it ready. So I'm going to just go back and read about the invitation again, starting in verse 2. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to summon those invited to the banquet, but they didn't want to come. Again, he sent out other servants and said, no, no, tell those who are invited. See, I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened ca cattle have been slaughtered and everything is ready Come to the wedding banquet. So the first thing we see, that there's this king, and he prepares this banquet so that everyone can enjoy this celebration for his son. We see that this is a king that he, he goes out of his way, and he's the one preparing this banquet, right? So he, he provides the money, he provides the space, he provides everything needed to have this banquet. We see that he's also the one that sends out people and says, hey, go and tell people to come, right? Go and tell people to come. And when they say no, we see the king is persistent, right? He doesn't say, oh, okay, they don't want to come, whatever, let's just scratch it. He's like, no, 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 no. Like, go again. Like, tell them again to come. And actually explain to, him, to them even more why they should come. Like, tell them how great this is. And Jesus is saying, this is what the kingdom of God is like. Right? And you might be sitting there and you're like, okay, so before I know what the kingdom of God is like, what is the kingdom of God, right? And so kind of in the macro big picture, the kingdom of God is, is the rule and reign and relationship of God with, with his world 
and his people. But in, in like kind of like the micro, like smaller, more focused picture, it's what is a relationship with God like? What is the relationship between God and his people like? And, and that's kind of the focus that Jesus really centers in in this story. What is a relationship with God like? And see, in, in the beginning of this, in this invitation, we see that, that God is pictured as this king who is pursuing people. He is pursuing people to come and dine with him and his son, Jesus. See, God created us. God created every single one of us. And he created us so that we can be with him. And, and that being with him here is pictured as this wedding banquet. Right? And he prepares this banquet for what? So they can be enjoyed, right? Like, it, it's, this is so good. He's like, no, 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 people have to come. Like, I want them to enjoy being with me. Like, that's the goal of this banquet. And it's not because God was, like, super lonely. He's like, man, like, it'd be cool if somebody showed up. Like, that's, that's not why God threw this banquet. That's not why God is inviting people to come be with him. It's because he knows he is so good, so perfect, so enjoyable. He says, people have to taste this. People have to come and see what this is like because there's nothing like this. When you think about God, whether you believe in him or not, whether you follow him or not, when you hear God, what image or perception comes to mind for you? Is it kind of that like TV image of this like old guy with like the super long white beard and like the super deep voice? Like is that kind of an image, honestly, is that kind of an image that pops up for you when you hear God? Or is it this, like, impersonal, higher being that's, like, somewhere out there, and he's, like, kind of, like, pulling the strings and stuff? See, for me, like, I, I, didn't, I didn't really grow up going to church, but I, I, like, knew God was real. I had this, like, belief, like, yeah, God's real. Like, he exists. But he's, like, somewhere, like, out there. You know, I don't know where out there is, but he's, like, somewhere. Like, I know he's doing something, right? Uh, but I didn't see God as this person who would, like, like, who knows me. He, like, can probably see, like, click these, like, TVs, and I'm like, oh, there's Roger. Like, that's the way I pictured him. But I didn't think he was someone who, like, sees and actually, like, know, would know me and, like, would want to, to be with me. But that's actually the type of God that Jesus is saying he is, right? He's saying God is a, like this king. He is someone who's telling people what? Come. And not just once, right? He's saying, no, 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 you've got to come. He's saying God is a loving, persistent, and gracious God that desires, like that's wild. He's a God who desires people to be with him, to be in his presence. In his presence. And he goes out of his way, right, to like hype up how good it is. Right, he's saying, no, no, no. And I know for us, like those verses, it's like, I've slaughtered my calf. And we're like, yeah, there's nothing exciting about that. We're not like, dude, we got to go to this slaughtering calf thing. Like, that's, like, that doesn't land for us, right? For most of us probably. But God is essentially saying like, no, like this is the greatest feast you could ever have. Like whatever is your favorite food, right? Whether it's like steak or whether it's like vegetarian steak, like whatever it is that's your jam, he's saying like, we got that. We got even better than that. Like, no, no, no you've got to come. And see, God isn't like one of those friends who like hypes up things but they don't ever really live up to the hype. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, you, do you have one of those friends who, like, hypes everything up and it, like, never really lives up to the level that they brought it up? I feel like every friend group has that friend. 
See, I have a friend like that. It's, it's my friend Matt, right? And Matt loves to hype up everything. He's like, no, dude, it's the best thing ever. And then you're like, yeah, man, like totally. And then you go and try it and you're like, it's not. You know, like I'm glad you like it. It's just not, you know. But he's just like that with everything. But one time, he was right. So this one time, my friend Matt went to Japan and he came back. He goes, yo, it's magical. I'm like, yeah, dude, you say that about everything. He's like, no, 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 this, this is the one time. He said, I promise you. Like, this is the one time I'm right. Like, I'm telling you, it's magical. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, so I end up taking this, like, impromptu trip to Japan. And then I come back. It's magical. Like, literally, I'm like, it, like, that's the only word that fits. Like, I'm like, I don't know what else to say other than, like, it's magical. Like, it really is. And then we have my other buddy, Nikolai, who's like, nah, man, like, you hype everything up. I'm like, no, that's Matt. That's not me. Like, I'm telling you, dude, it's magical. He's like, ah, right, right, right. no, it's not. You know, and then he goes to Japan, and he comes back, and he's like, y'all, it's magical. And because it, it, it really, really was. And it literally, when, so when God is, like, hyping something up, when he says, no, 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 you, you, you're turning it down, it's because you don't get it. Like, you actually don't know how good this is. He means it. Like, he means it. He says, no, no, you don't want to miss out on what it's like to be in a relationship with me. There is nothing better because I literally created you for that. Like, when I say you will never find something that fulfills you, that satisfies you, that you'll love more than this, I know it because I literally made you to be satisfied, to be fully enjoyed for this, a relationship with me. And as God sends out this invitation, as this king sends out this invitation, we read about the invitees. And we read about two, group, two different groups of people, right? We read about the first group of people, and we'll jump back in. Let's go back to verse 3. And it says that the king sent his servants to summon those invited to the banquet. But they didn't want to come. Again, he sent out other servants and said, Tell those who are invited, see, I've prepared my dinner, my oxen, fat and calf have been slaughtered. Everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went away. One to his own farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged, and he sent out his troops, killed those murderers, and burned down their city. So we see that this first group of people, it seems that they have like, they had a God in his invitation. So really like, think about it during this time, right? Like just a long time ago when like we didn't have phones and email and all that jazz. When an invitation is sent out, it's like, hey, we're going to have a wedding at some point, right? And it's like, they don't know the exact date. And it's like, yeah, we'll just come back and we'll like get you when it's ready. We'll like tell you again. So it seems this first group of people, like they had gotten this invitation. They're like, oh yeah, like a wedding six months from now. Like, yeah, we're probably in. Like, yeah, we'll come, you know? And so the time is now. He's like, hey, go tell those people who've been invited, who said they were coming, like, it's time. Like, come. But now, what's their response? They're like, ah, actually, I know we said we were coming. I know we, like, RSVP'd and everything, but, like, we're just not, we're not coming. We're not actually really coming anymore. Right? Well, one of them says, no, actually, I, I got to go to my farm other ones, like, actually, I have this, like, I got, I got to handle some business, you know. And others respond with hostility to this invitation, right? And we see that hostility here pictured as them, like, mistreating these servants, beating them, and even killing them, right? They feel hostile against this invitation to come 
and celebrate with the king. See, to them, it's clear, like, to them, a banquet with a king really wasn't that appealing, right? Like, if, if it actually seemed great to them, they'd have been like, oh, dude, yeah, we're coming. But they're like, uh, nah, like, whatever I have now is, is, is better. Like, I'd rather keep doing what I'm doing now. I'd rather keep the life that I'm living. I'd rather keep pursuing the things that I'm pursuing than kind of go to this, this banquet with a king. That, that's not that appealing to me. See, this first group, even though they said they were coming, they hadn't really come and dined with the, with the king. Whatever perceptions they had of that, they, they missed it, right? It, it was this empty religious talk of like, yeah, yeah, yeah well, we're coming, we'll do the religious things, but we actually won't dine with the king. You know, when you go to Salt or you go to church on Sunday, like, are you actually going to dine with the king? Or is that just like a religious thing where like, yeah, 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 I'm, I'm coming. Like, I do the, the Christian-y, like, I do the church thing. Like, do you actually sit and dine with the king? Like, do you actually, like, have, like, a real relationship with God? Or, or is this kind of like this, like, religious Christian mechanism that you've maybe been just doing for a really long time, so it's, like, what you know? But would you describe that as, like, no, 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 I'm, like, dining and enjoying the king. Like, I know who he is, I know what he's like, and we sit there and we enjoy. Like, are you experiencing are you experiencing God's love over you? Or is just, man, are you just like, kind of like checking off the box on things? And listen, I, I mean, I, I totally know that if you're a Christian, like it's not like every time you open your Bible it's going to be like fireworks. Like have you guys ever seen Ratatouille? Like in Ratatouille when he like eats everything, it's like, phew, it's like I know that every time you crack open your Bible, it's not necessarily every single moment going to be that. Like I know that. It's not what I'm saying. But you know, th- there's a difference, Right? There's a difference of like, man, I'm actually really trying to know who God is, and I'm actually trying to be with him and enjoy him to, and I got to read my Bible, because if I don't, like, I'm bound to have a bad day. Like, there's no way he'll just, like, give me a good day. Like, I got to do these things so that that it won't be bad. You know, I got to do these things because I'm a good person. Like, that's who I am. That's what I do. See, to, to be religious without being in a relationship with God it's to be like this first group of people who, who are SVP and say they're coming but don't actually have a relationship with the king. See, the goal of this banquet is to enjoy the king and his son. That's why he threw it, right? The goal of this banquet is like, no, come and enjoy. Like, that's literally the purpose of this invitation. The goal of life, of your life, of my life, is to enjoy God and his never-ending, immovable love over you. Don't miss that. But see, there's also another group of people that are also invited. And let's hear what their response is. Go down to verse 9. It says, Go then, the king is saying this to his servants, he says, Go then to where the roads exit the city and invite everyone you find to the banquet. So those servants went out on the roads and gathered everyone they found, both evil and good. The wedding banquet was filled with guests. So we see that the king, right, he, the greatest thing he desired were for this banquet to be filled with people. 
so that all could enjoy, right? When, 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 when people, when the first group of people reject the invitation, right, it's not just over for him. He's like, no, no, no. This banquet is going to get filled. Like, we are going to enjoy the celebration. And so he tells him, he says, now, okay, now go. Go and tell everyone on the streets. He says, literally, go to the busiest parts of the street possible. Like, wh- where do people hang out? He says, go there. Where do, where do like, where's that, those weird intersections where everybody's kind of stuck? He's like, go there, right? Go there and find everyone. And he says, listen, I don't, I don't care if you think they're evil or good. He says, invite them all. Everyone is welcome. He says, this banquet is for everyone to come. And how does the second group respond? They straight up just come, right? Like, they don't like RSVP and they're like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we're coming. Yeah, we'll see you there. You know, you're like, you're definitely not coming, right? That's, that's not their response. They're like, oh, like, there's a wedding banquet with the king and you're inviting me? Oh, dude, yeah, definitely. Like, let's go. Like, they immediately just take off and go. There's like no excuses. There's no second thoughts. They go straight there. But why? why? Why is it so different for this group of people? See, for this group of people, there is literally nothing better out there than this, than this new invitation they had received to dine with a king. Like, I literally walked out of my house, I'm doing errands, and the king wants me at his banquet? Yeah, whatever I had is, like, done. Like, I'm coming to this thing. See, the second group of people is meant to mirror a group of people who can't believe that God would invite them into a relationship with him. See, they, they've lived their life, they've passed through this street all the time, but as they receive this invitation, they say, man, I, I've, I've lived my life without God, and I already know what that's like. So when they're invited in to a relationship with God, with the king of the universe, they know, oh, there's nothing better than this. There's literally nothing that I would rather do than to be in a relationship with God. Have you ever been invited to something so good that you don't even hesitate to say yes? Right, that you're invited and you're like, yeah, I'm in. Doesn't matter what I had, right? They're like, you got to check your plans. You're like, nope, didn't matter, right? So for me, a few years ago when I was getting married, um, my best man, he's like, dude, I got you a gift. And I was like, awesome. And if you ever get married, people usually give you these, like, gifts that you, like, never actually use, you know? Like, I always get stuffed for, like, I'm a guy, so I always get stuff for, like, shaving. And I'm like, cool, like, don't ever have to shave. <laughs> so I'm not sure what I'm going to do with this. But he's like, no, dude, this is like, this is like a good gift. And I was like, all right, man. But he's like, the thing is, like, you actually may not be able to accept it. And I'm like, okay, it's already getting bad. Right? He's like, no, no, no. So he's like, listen, I got you tickets to the LSU National Championship game. And I was like, oh, my God. He's like, but look, I know, like, it's wedding week, and you probably can't make it. It's like, wedding week is this weird time when, where it's like, you're getting married, but that week, like, they're like, don't schedule anything because, like, every hour you may have to make, like, a final decision on something. And you need to just be, like, ready, right? Or, like, you got to meet people. There's, like, always something, right? So he's like, I know you probably can't make it. Like, I know what that's like. Like, I've been married, like, you know, but just, you know, just wanted to kind of throw it out there. 
And I was like, oh, like, I'm coming. He's like, oh, like, you knew about this already? Like, you asked Erica and you checked the schedule? I was like, yeah. I was like, dude, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm coming. Like, it doesn't matter what was scheduled. It doesn't matter what I need to do. Like, I'm not looking at my phone. Like, I'm coming. Like, whatever I had, it doesn't matter. And the crazy thing was, actually, I was, like, crazy sick. Right? I had, like, just came back from China. It wasn't COVID. It was, like, COVID's, like, little evil brother, you know? But it just, like, I felt awful, literally. But I was like, dude, I'm coming. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, nothing is going to hold me back from going to this game and watching my team, like, beat Clemson to win a national championship, right? And that was literally one of the, the greatest invitations I ever received in my life. But there was actually another even better invitation I received when I was a bit younger. Um, and that was an invitation that, that God gave me when he handed me an invitation to be in a relationship with him. And like I said, man, I just, just grew up knowing God was real, but not as like a personal being that would really want anything to do with me. If he saw me, honestly, I felt like he probably felt disappointed or that he would like bear with me. Like I didn't, I was like, I know there's people worse than me out there. So like, it's not like he'll like send me to hell or like hate me because like there's worse people than me. But he, he like surely isn't like pleased with me, you know. And, and I just like try to live my life and just have fun and enjoy it because I thought that's what life was about. And man, I was invited one day to this Bible study, and I was like, hard pass. <laughs> like, there's no way I'm going to a Bible study. And he's like, well, dude, if you come, like, I'll give you a ride home. And I'm like, man, that is 13 blocks home if I have to walk. I was like, all right, dude, I'm in. Like, let's do it so I don't have to walk. And I go to this Bible study. It was the first time in my life I ever met someone whose story kind of mirrored mine's, who was young. Honestly, I just had never seen someone who was young and who cared about God and it, God just began to, like, draw me to him. And this description of God as someone who's persistent, man, it's, like, so spot on. Because it wasn't like I heard, like, this teaching this day, and I was like, yeah, I'm all in. I was like, this was cool. I'm going to keep coming. I don't know yet, you know. And I just went to this study all summer in this guy's living room. And I just remember one day at the end of the summer, I'm, like, sitting on this couch. I don't, like, literally don't even remember what he said. But I'm, like, sitting on this couch, and it just, like, dawned on me, literally in that moment, of, like, I am, like, not a good person. Like, I'm just, I'm really not. Like, I've, like, rejected God, like, my whole life. And it, like, dawned on me in that moment. And it was, like, but God has, like, loved me despite that? Like, he should be mad at me, right? Like, I should have to, like, work up to, like, undo all the crap that I've done. Like, God's like, nah, like, just come. Like, I just want you. I don't need you to do anything. Like, I've, I've done it all. I'll give you what you need to be in a relationship with me. And at the end of the story, we read of someone that's at this banquet, but they actually don't have what they need to be at this banquet. So let's go back into the, the scriptures and let's go to verse 11. And it says, when, when the king came in to see the guest, he saw a man there who was not dressed for a wedding. So he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him up hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness 
There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. See, as the king comes in, he comes in right to greet the guests. Like, what a beautiful image is that? He comes in, he's like, man, you guys made it. Like, this is all I've wanted. I wanted you here. But he sees someone, someone sticks out to him who obviously doesn't belong there. Right, and he's the only one at this wedding banquet that's not wearing the proper wedding attire. So this man showed up to this wedding banquet, and he thought, like, his everyday wear was fine. He came at his own terms with his own attire. See, he felt he deserved to be there. Like, he's the type of person that would be invited to something like this and would just fit right in because of who he was and what he had done But when that man meets the king, he actually comes to the realization that he isn't fit for this wedding. See, he obviously didn't know this before, right? Like, he wouldn't have just shown up to this wedding if he knew, I'm going to just get kicked out when I get in there. Like, he wouldn't have gone. But it's when he sees the king, when he lays eye on the king, and the king approaches him, it dawns on him. And that's why he's speechless. And see, this, this attire, this wedding attire, is meant to represent our standing before God. See, if we come to God by our own goodness, by the things that we have done, or the things that we haven't done, we won't have the right attire to dine with him. See, because we measure our own standards of what is good. Again, if we took a poll here and you're like, hey, give me four sentences of what it means to be good, there'd literally probably be a different answer for each one of us if we came up with our own definitions of what is good. And it usually comes, our definitions of good usually come when we compare one another, right? We look at someone else, you're like, yeah, like, again, like, I'm, I know I'm not perfect. Most people would admit that. But I also know that I, like, I try and, like, I do these things. And, and I also know people who are, like, way worse than I am. But see, the thing is, God's standard isn't based on what your roommate, what the person next to you, what someone walking on UW's campus does. God's standard over you is his standard. It's a standard of perfection. And it's one we, we can't meet. I don't care how much good you do. I don't care how much you stay away from bad. We can't. We simply can't meet that standard. And it's when we come to understand that the holiness of God, how perfect he is, just like this man, when he came face to face with the king and saw his holiness, he knew, oh man, I'm not good enough. Because there's only one proper attire. There's only one way to be acceptable before God. And it isn't our good deeds. It's his good deeds placed on us. See, here's a beautiful thing about the gospel. Is that God, at his expense, an infinite expense, provides us with the right attire to be with him. 
That's why Jesus lived the perfect life. Like, that's why Jesus died the death that you and I deserve. That's why Jesus resurrected to claim victory over sin and death. So that his works, what he did, can be placed over us and we can be welcomed in. See, if you don't understand God's holiness, like if you don't understand how much it costs God to invite you in, the invitation to come is going to mean nothing to you. It's not. You'll be like the first group. You'll say, no, nah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm good enough. Like, I wouldn't be rejected. I, I, don't, I don't need this. But if, if you do understand God's holiness and the price that God has paid for you to be in a relationship with him, that invitation is going to mean everything to you. You'll be like the second group of people who will say, me? Are you serious? Like, you're inviting me to come to this banquet with the king? Like, there's no way. He says, no, yeah, you. Like, I want you to come. And that invitation is going to mean everything to you. See, guys, God is inviting you today. He's welcoming you. He's saying, come. He says, look, I I don't want you to RSVP. I need you to stop RSVPing. I don't need you to be religious. He says, I just want you to come and be in a relationship with me. He says, whatever you have now, I know it might seem great or it might seem okay, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you come and you just taste and see, you'll never want to leave. This is so much better. Guys, even if you're a Christian, you're like, yeah, I've come. Don't lose sight of that. Honestly, I feel like the longer you are a Christian, the easier it is to become like that first group of people. You say like, yeah, like, yeah, I got a relationship with God. Like, yeah, like I'm in, I'm invited in. And we just begin to lose like the awe that God has invited you and me. He says, yeah, I want you. I paid everything for you. Don't lose that, the all of that. And everyone is welcomed. It, it doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what your current is. It doesn't matter what you have planned for tonight, for tomorrow. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Everyone is welcomed. No one is too far from him. Like, if, if, if you haven't heard anything tonight, hear that. Every single one of you is welcomed in. And there's only one requirement. Literally, only one. There's one requirement. And it's you have to give up your current life and what you're wearing, right? You have to give up your life and coming by your terms in your own attire. You have to receive a new life. You can only be admitted by admitting that you're not fit and by letting God clothe you. Saying, I've got it. I will clothe you. I am welcoming you to be with me.
Thank you. Thank you that you're this king who needs nothing but desires us. And thank you that you're so persistent, man, that you, you don't give up on us, but you continue to invite us and you just say, come. And God, I just I pray for all of us here tonight. For those of us who are Christians, just reminders, remind us, God, that we were beggars out in the street. You welcomed us in to dine with you, the king. God, for those who aren't Christians, God, do what only you can do. Help them believe that you love them, that you gave everything to bring them in. Yeah, you're ready. Arms open to welcome them to be with you.